Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with hosts Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, and Carl Palachek. Produced by Kernan Consulting and for the international MSB community, we are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hey, be sure to join us in Newport Beach, California, sunny Newport Beach, California, on December 7th and 8th. That's the upcoming Mastermind Live Roadshow for Q4. So uh, if you're interested in growing your business, learning more about sales, learning more about marketing, learning more about culture, leadership, uh, EOS, mergers, acquisitions, we've got some great speakers lined up for you. Uh, and you'll also hear one of the most important parts is we have several very successful MSPs from all around North America that come and present at these and they talk about what's working for them, what's working and what's not working. And it's a great learning environment uh, on that first day on the 7th. And then we've got also great speakers lined up like myself, one of my favorite speakers. Uh, I'll be talking about sales process. We've got a marketing workshop from uh, Charlene Ignacio. Uh, and then we've got EOS, we've got leadership, we've got great things lined up. So, hey, be sure to sign up. And one important part, if you want the early bird discount, you need to sign up before the middle of November and use the coupon code early bird and you'll get a $200 discount. The, the, the fee is only $99. So uh, we're also arranging some fun activities. The, the $99 early bird fee does include uh, breakfast and lunch on both Thursday and Friday. Typically there's group activities in the evening and we're looking into a Harbor cruise on that Thursday. So it's gonna be a great event. I hope to see everybody there. Well, welcome to another episode of the SMB Community Podcast. It is Amy and James and uh, how's it going, James? Going great, going well, going well. I'm, I'm a little tired. To be candid, I've, I think today's going to be a three cup of coffee day, but uh, I'm just getting back from traveling. Uh, got in late yesterday and uh, had a super conference out at our mastermind conference in Scottsdale. So a uh, little tired today. <laughs> well, you know, that's not unexpected. It probably means it was a, a really awesome event. If it took it all, you left it all on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you've you can uh, say that more than once because it was actually at uh, the Talking Stick Resort, which is a big casino uh, out in Arizona. So a lot of people left a lot of things on the table there. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that you were going to have it there. It looked like a fantastic place. Yeah, I've never I've never been. And it really is over the top cool. So it was close to the airport, um, kind of off the beaten track in, in kind of the northern Scottsdale area. But yeah, sure was just a gorgeous resort, multiple pools. There's so much to do there. We didn't plan any group activities. Like normally we'll plan one big group activity for night one and one big group activity. We left it open. And then big groups of people ended up just doing multiple things because I think there were like six restaurants on site, multiple pools. There's go-karting. There was top golf. There's a spa. Um, uh, you know, bowling alleys, virtual wow. reality. So there's, it's a cool place. Cool I, place. It, Arizona has some awesome resorts. I don't, yeah. I don't know how they all landed in Arizona, but if they've got a, they've got more than their fair share. 
Yeah, yeah, they they sure do. They sure do. But yeah, I'm sure we'll be back. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, um, we have our MSP question of the of the week, um, which is, what's your favorite password tool? Ooh, ooh, yeah, that's an interesting one. It, uh, it's I think, personal. It's quite, yeah, it is. It is personal. So uh, <laughs> I will I will share mine first. You know, I've played around with different tools, and um, it's always shocking when when you're asked this question, then you have conversations with people. How many people use the free app-based downloadable on your mobile device free password tool, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are you doing that? Don't don't do that. But uh, mine's Keeper uh, for a number of reasons. I just think it's very user-friendly. I have multiple devices and um, so it syncs across all of them. And that was that's what I had adopted. So, and I played around with a couple other ones, but I just didn't, just didn't really like them for a couple reasons. What, you're more of a techie than I am. So what, what do you use? Well, I use Roboform, which is one that's been around for decades. Hmm. You know, they started off as a, I guess their name is, gives it away, but they've started off as a form filling thing for websites, right? Okay. But, okay. Um, you know, they still do that. But today they're, you know, probably their main, their main source is, is password, you know, yeah. Management, password. password, password management. They have some awesome security tools built in. Um, and like you, you know, when I, when I made that decision, which has been, it's been quite a number of years now, but when I made that decision, I tried a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. just to see how user-friendly they were. And I wanted something I could also, you know, recommend to my clients uh, and try to get them to use. So when I was testing it, I had them in mind as well of, you know, how easy are, are they going to find this to use? Um, and so that's that's the one that we landed on. And, um, you know, if you're out there, I would say do the same thing, right? Research, try a bunch of them. Right. And like, you know, and pay for it, like James says. Like it's a couple bucks a month, but it's uh, it's worthwhile, right? They're keeping <laughs> they're keeping your entire kingdom, right? So, um, you know, so you, you you want them to you want them to have a very active development team that's always working to improve and protect that, not to be working on the cheap, providing a a free tool out there. Yeah, that's my philosophy anyway. Yep, no, agree completely. So interesting. I'll have to check that one out that you're using. So James, we've got an interview with a very smart person today. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so our friend Carl uh, interviewed Lori Hardke, and they talked about um, the philosophy in the book called Profit First. So if you haven't read that book, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to... Uh, Lori's super smart uh, and eager to hear that interview. Hi, this is Carl, and I caught up with Lori Hartke, who is one of my favorite people, but also one of our favorite teachers over at IT Service Provider University. She is coming up with a new class called Profit First for MSPs, based on the coaching around Mike Michalowicz's book, Profit First. So this is a whole new thing for our industry and is very cool. And so here is 
that interview. Welcome, everybody. I am talking today to one of my favorite people, one of my favorite instructors as well, Lori Hartke. And she runs ByteWise, which is an MSP business. And I'm going to say across two states, she can explain all that. <laughs> uh, she's one of the instructors at IT Service Provider University and one of our most popular instructors. Uh, I was just telling her she has the record for highest class attendance, uh, higher than I do. So, uh, and we're hoping with her new class that she will have even higher attendance. So Lori's going to be teaching a class for us called Profit First for MSPs. Uh, now, before we get to that, let me uh, give have you give a little more clear in introduction of who you are and, and how you got here. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, it all started. No. Um, <laughs> I... Um... Well, I'll just kind of give the the overview, but I actually, my business is incorporated in Arizona where I'd lived for about 27 years. Um, and then um, 10 years ago, I moved to Maui. Carl helped me with that transition. And um, and I, be, I, I learned how to do everything remotely and way before COVID. So I was been Zooming for a lot of years already. And, um, and so then I ended up... Um, you know, still growing my business. I, I'm originally from Minnesota, so you might hear a few, you betchas and, and all that. But uh, <laughs> I, um, in, in all the, the last 10 years, I've had to go back to Minnesota to help my aging parents who have since passed. But um, that was all integral in the amazing things too that happened, you know, with my business that still continued to grow um, without me really putting a lot of effort into it on some months, which was, I just found amazing. Um, and then um, I ended up, you know, still struggling financially sometimes because, you know, revenue kept growing, but where was all of, you know, that cash flow profit? Yeah. So I um, ended up um, heard about profit first and then it was one of those, I think it was in 2018. I'm like, oh, I should really, it wasn't until 2019 when I really started um, to implement it. And then within about a year, year and a half, it really made a huge difference. And and that's kind of why I'm here today with the new class. Um, I've worked with several other MSPs um, over the last uh, year or two, um, helping them as well. And um, it it's um, it's it really changes the cash flow in your business, and um, it's an amazing tool to have, whether you're small, just starting out, or or you're a multi-million dollar business. So all right, so you teach another class for us, which is all about kind of being the super successful solo entrepreneur, uh, and that class is very very popular. Um, and, and you really have taught people a lot of techniques about, you know, what it takes to to make it to a level that a lot of people don't think they can get to uh, without employees. And you do it running a business in one state from another state and and literally just sort of meshed your your personal and professional goals together so that your business supports who you are and what you want to do and what you want to do with your life and you literally have reached, uh, I guess, a level that most people never reach. And so I congratulate you on that. And 
I thank you for teaching people about that. So this is kind of the next level, right? Um, and, yeah. and so what, give us a kind of the overview, 10,000 feet, what is profit first versus uh, any other system for managing your money? Yeah, because I've looked at a lot of them. <laughs> There's, <laughs> you know, simple numbers with Greg, and, and they're all good. It's just when you're smaller, like me, a solo MSP, it's just overwhelming. I don't have the time to like sift through my, you know, financial reports. Quite honestly, I don't really know how to read financial reports. Like it doesn't matter. You just need more money coming in than money going out. Right. I mean, that's just, and so profit first helps to keep that a, a, um, simplified and the old uh, equation of, well, you take your revenue, you subtract out your expenses and what's left is profit. That does not work. And that's what Mike um, McCallowitz, the author of Profit First, that's what he's trying to have, you know, the world change is it's should be revenue minus um, profit equals expenses. And when you do that, whatever is left is how much money you have to run your business. And when you go, well, I don't have enough money to pay out. It's like, well, there's the problem. You you, right. you you need to find ways to either get more revenue or to decrease your uh you know expenses. And I have I, I've kept track of everything. And so I I it it's been like all of the little things that we as you know techie people we love love to have new shiny gadgets and it, um, profit first helps you really make business decisions just by looking at your bank account um, because you set up five accounts and you know and that's what I plan to kind of teach every everybody so. so what's the profit first for MSPs piece of it just sort of like this happens to be the business you're in so yeah I just figured it would be um I I, I really enjoy helping MSPs because we have you know a lingo that we can communicate and um I actually have a, a local farmer here on Maui I've helped him a little bit um who is he's majorly in debt so he's working on paying off his debt but um, so it works for any business, um, but I prefer to focus and help other MSPs. And the profit first piece of it. So you are a profit first coach now. Yeah. And so so you you are taking this programming, bringing it to MSPs. And you were saying it works really well with the uh, the whole process that you've developed separately of running your super powered uh, solo entrepreneurship. Yeah, I'm, you know, my kind of tagline is um, wealth, health, and happiness. And wealth means different things to people. Um, and for me, it's not necessarily money, um, but money really does help. I mean, having financial freedom or whatever you want to call it really um, is empowering for you to make whatever lifestyle choices you want. And um, we're fortunate enough, we eat you know, I want to, I, I was a kid, I want to live to be 108 so that I can finish all the projects that I've started. 108, um, like on 108 the dot? 108 on the dot, <laughs> yep. And um, uh, so there's, um, you know, I like, I, I, I walk every day or I try to walk every day. 
Um, and I, I love to be outside in the yard and garden. Um, I, I like to, you know, just kind of always be busy um, and not necessarily working all the time. And um, I've noticed I've been, you know, accountability captain, um, been in a lot of different groups. And I guess I figured out what I don't want. And I didn't want employees. I didn't want to work. So the way I designed my business was, you know, I don't want retail. I need businesses that are only from eight to five, Monday through Friday. So I don't have to really work weekends. And that's, and, and then putting a lot of process and procedures in place. So that's kind of um, where you've been very helpful with all your books and checklists. And, you know, we all love checklists. Yep. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So the new class is going to start October 24th, and uh, it's over at IT Service Provider University, which is itspu.com. And do you have a website where folks can get in touch with you personally? Um, it is Profit First for MSPs, and you can use the number four or spell out F-O-R-E, and it's Lori at profitfirstformsps.com. All right. Well, of course, four. you get as many domain names as you want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the trick for the 21st century. First yeah. comes the domain name, then then the, then everything follows from that. So uh, folks can sign up now if they if they choose to. Members of the Small Biz Thoughts Technology community can attend at no additional charge. So that's a bonus as well. And um, are you going to have homework for these folks? Oh yeah. Um, some, some fun, uh, exercises, um, you know, to see how we can, you know, get the business owners to, you know, at least six figures, um, in a short period of time, um, help people eradicate, eradicate debt. Um, and so it might be different. I'll, I'll have a variety of exercises for people to do. And, um, not necessarily reading the book from cover to cover, um, right. but it, 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 I'm not really going to kind of go into that. We have some additional ways of kind of reverse engineering. How much money do you really want to make to live the lifestyle you want to live? And despite the fact that we started talking about solo entrepreneurs, this is great for people with larger businesses as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So just because, you know, you're a $2 million business, if you have 18 or 1.8 million in expenses, you're really, you know, you're not doing that good. So right. <laughs> we, we need to, you know, kind of, um, kind of uh, dive in and see what we can do to help, you know, change those numbers around. Well, what's interesting is, you know, the, we always talk about that as the bragging number, right? Your top line revenue. Oh, it's great. Oh, I, a million, two million, whatever. Okay. What's your bottom line, right? Is your bottom line that you are putting more stuff on your credit cards every year? Okay. Well, maybe you should think about changing things around a bit. So yeah. And when you work with MSPs, have you, um, have you seen that there are specific things people do that like you can almost yeah. count on like uh, yeah. that is going to be one of the things that we're going to need to focus on? Yeah. One of them is most MSPs only pay themselves once a year. And really? they wait. Yeah. They wait until year end to see how much money they have left over. So it's literally profit last. It's profit last. Yeah. <laughs> and that has to change for a lot of reasons. Right. Uh, I mean, no one's going to want to 
merge or buy a business that is not paying the owner a you know a decent salary right so and then i have other little tidbits of reasons why it's just it's not a good way to run a business well i need to i need to pay my electric bill every month so i don't know how i would pay myself only at the end of the year so yeah well you know a lot there's well the other the other thing too and and i did this i've done all this stuff the wrong way so i i um one of them was um you know, it's like, oh God, I, I had a really good month. I have some extra cash sitting in my, you know, one bank account. So I would, um, I, I would like, I'll just do an owner's draw for $3,000. And then next month it'd be like, oh crap, I don't have enough money to pay my expenses. So I guess I better put that money back, you know? So I was, it was a shot in the dark. I, I, I didn't have any kind of consistent, um, process to figure out what that is and that's what profit first does is we we do all kinds of different um different ways to look at how to come up with the right numbers right and, and get you in a rhythm of doing the same thing month so that's why i say it takes 12 to 18 months to really implement profit first to where you're gonna like well this is fun this is right. fun and then you you start um having more fun uh, saving money than spending money. Well, the good news is if, uh, if folks take the class in October, uh, it ends in November, they'll be able to kick off the new year sort of yeah. with all the pieces in place and, and ready to execute. And um, if they choose to engage you <laughs> after that, I'm assuming that you'll be uh, open to that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm actually building out an academy. So there'll be a couple of different tracks that people could select from um, to help kind of through the process and you know hopefully they can graduate and uh, be on their way so very good all right well Lori Hartke from profit first for msps.com thanks for being with us today and I look forward to your great new class awesome thanks Carl I appreciate the time so I love the idea of profit first. I just heard a statistic. I first, I just love the title. I, <laughs> whatever's yeah. whatever's in the book can almost not get better than the title, right? You just you have to make your profit, otherwise your business will flounder. But I just heard a scary statistic the other day. It um, uh, somebody told me that the average uh, profit for mm -hmm. an MSP is only six percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just about, I just about fell over because mine has always hovered around 20% or a little over. And that the average is six, just, I think about how many people have to be under six for that to be an average. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's or, it's or, terrifying. There's no excuse or, for that. Or way upside down. Yeah. It, uh, the the philosophy profit first is a logical one for me. I'm a finance major in college, so I was always a numbers person. When I came into the industry and running my businesses, it was that philosophy. It was, um, you know, the profit first philosophy. And jokingly, I've always said, well, making money, Amy, is really easy. You just have to spend less than you than you take in, right? So uh, it's all about cash flow. And that extra money that comes in, you can't go spend it on 
you know, whatever frivolous things that you want, you've got to invest it back in your business. And the, the profit first philosophy is almost like the Dave Ramsey on the personal finance side, where, you know, you're setting aside X amount of money to pay all your bills. And then that first money that comes in is really allocated towards your, you know, profit distribution in a whole separate account. But, you know, I, I love that. That's natural for me, but uh, I run into that all the time with peer groups and one-on-one -on -one consulting People have cash flow problems and we've got to put them on a budget to kind of fight through that and get things back into profitability. So unfortunately, I think it's very common. What do we think about this new dress code for Congress? Is it okay to wear <laughs> tennis shoes with suits? I just went to my, my uh, niece's wedding this weekend, tennis shoes with suits and also um, men's shoes uh, that are sort of, that look a lot like almost look like slippers right yeah <laughs> you know the yeah. bluer things with the stripes and and that kind of like shoes for men have definitely changed and uh i feel like the dress code for congress is changing because men's fashion is changing primarily yeah right? yeah what do you think about this new dress code i can see that so um i love the idea of being fun at work Okay, especially as it relates to our industry. I like the idea of maybe like a dress down day on Fridays, like a casual day, or maybe you could uh, have a dress down day if you win, you know, top sales or top help, help desk technician. You know, I like that recognition reward system. But for me, you know, to be candid, I'm a traditionalist. You know, I've always preached, you know, if you, uh, you want to be the one charging the highest prices in the industry and be viewed as a professional. You need to look the part and act the part. So, uh, using the dress for success philosophy, I, I would, uh, I would say I, I like Congress in in suits and um, you know, uh, you know, dressed up appropriately, formal dresses uh, for the ladies. But uh, you know, it. Uh, I think you can be a little bit more casual in our industry. But I would prefer to see them take their jobs more seriously. And, uh, you know, part of that aura, I guess, would be making sure that, you know, they're dressed appropriately. You know, the front page of the article I had just recently seen, I think it had Fetterman out of Pennsylvania in his sweats and, you know, stinky tennis shoes and his hoodie. And, uh, you know, I think that's maybe going overboard a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the look he kind of the look he had for his campaign. Right. So yeah. I guess he wants yeah. to, wants to carry that sort of that populist, uh, persona. Right. I can, um, but I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, you know, at least business casual, like, you know, even when we right. have, when we have, you know, we have relaxed most of the business world from suits, mm -hmm. but, you know, you know, even in, in my business, right, it's collared shirts, no jeans, yep. uh, no tennis shoes, right? Wear whatever else you want, but, you know, with just within that, within that mid range, like it's kind of that minimum standard. I think Congress is going to have to set some sort of minimum standard there. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's, um, to me, it's also the way I was raised. It's almost a, a show of respect for the person that you're meeting with, that you respect them enough to get dressed up. 
You know, it's, I don't know, it's like going to Easter service, you know, at church, or you have an important customer meeting. You're not going to get in flip-flops and shorts and a torn up t-shirt. Um, that's, to me, that's ridiculous. So, yeah. uh, you know, you want to make a good first impression. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of bad things going in politics on both sides of the aisle anyway. I think they should clean up their act and, and uh, take things a little bit more seriously. So that's that's my two cents. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, you know, but I, I feel like it doesn't have to be a suit necessarily, but you're, it does have to have that respect with it, right? So um, Zelensky from Ukraine, right? He's mm -hmm. running that country and he's running it without wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. But his country is also in a very unique position. So, you know, so maybe in his case, not wearing a suit is is the appropriate wear for him, you know, in the yeah. situation that they're in. Yeah, yeah, but, that's true. That's but, true. But yeah, I yeah, they, there's got there has to be some standard. <laughs> got to be some standard. All right. AI. Everybody wants to talk about AI. And, um, but I just saw some scary numbers, right? So what is AI? The AI that we have right now is actually, right, this large language model, they call it. And that means they've sucked in all the information from tons of data sources all over, you know, from all over. And that's got to be stored someplace, right? They're not just tapping into it on the fly right. from where it is. They've actually sucked it into their own big database of information. That has to be stored and powered. And the AI that we have so far is using about one gigawatt hour a day, which is the equivalent of 33,000 households power. Wow. And we're only on the tip of the iceberg of this AI thing. So, um, you know, all of the big tech players that are housing these things have been on the path of zero carbon and made amazing progress, uh, you know, in, in reach, reaching those goals or getting very close to reaching those goals. And then, bam, right? <laughs> yeah. This hit. So I, I don't know how they're going to resolve it. I don't know. Do you have any, any thoughts on that? I'm. You know, we we don't have an endless supply of energy yet. No, no, we we don't. <clears throat> yeah, it's um it's interesting. We at at a different level, we talked a lot about AI at that last mastermind event, and uh, I think the topic that kind of dominated as it relates to what you were saying is you know the human intervention. You know, is AI going to start taking human jobs away? And uh, I think the common discussion there was no. You know, all the all the data for the most part was all created by humans. And then AI is really analyzing that. And uh, we I think as a group, we kind of felt that uh, more and more people will um, you know, just leverage that, you know, leverage that. it'll it'll make people better is is not replace them, but make people better if that made sense. yeah, a couple couple of things on that. Um, I heard a quote, unfortunately, don't know who it was by. Um, I should have put that to memory because it's important. But um, the quote was, uh, AI is not coming for your job. 
-hmm. but the person who knows how to use AI is. Yes. Right. It's a skill. Bingo. It is. Yeah. It's a skill that everybody is going to need to develop uh, in order in order to have future success. And um, a wedding I was at this weekend, there was a school principal there, and uh, he found out that I was a technology person and, you know, beelined over to talk to me about AI because mm. he's getting a lot of, you know, questions from teachers and parents and everything. And, um, you know, I think we, we saw the knee jerk reaction of some schools right away of trying to just ban it. Right. But <laughs> um, that never works. So um, he said, he said, you know, what do you, what do you think? Uh, what do you think of this, this AI? And, um, you know, how should I be, how should I as a principal be approaching this with my, my teachers and, you know, integrating it into what we do? He said he also had the call from teachers and parents to ban it. And he didn't think that was the right way to go. So they haven't done anything yet because he's not sure what to do. Just was pretty sure banning it wasn't the right thing. Right. Yeah. So so he asked me and I said, well, and, and you know, he's, he was probably 50. And I said, I said, you know, when we were in school, we had to, had to learn how to do math, right? Mm -hmm. Kids today still learn how to do math, but we couldn't bring our calculators to the exam because the rationale was you're never going to have a calculator in your pocket at all times. Well, as it turns out, we all have a calculator in our pocket at all times. So, right. um, so we weren't taught to use the tool as much as we probably should have been. True. Uh, and AI is just exactly that. It's a tool mm -hmm. that the, the kids in school today need to know how to use that tool. And there are certain skills with it, right, that we know so far, which again, is just a tiny thing of what this is going to be. But we know that um, you need the skills to be able to write the prompts to get good information out. Yep. And that isn't that isn't really today what we see with the just chat, chat, back and forth, chit, chat. It is some detailed step-by-step -step instructions, you know, when this becomes your true assistant. Here's all the things I need you to do. I need you to do this, do that, go out and find this information, verify that with a second source, cite the sources, make a list, create a PowerPoint, you know, write a script, blah, 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 you know, da, 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 telling it exactly what you want it to do because this is your, this is your assistant, right? Yeah. Wow. What a, what a powerful comment you just made. You know, everything I'm reading is about all the teachers and the professors, you know, shunning AI, saying, nope, you can't use it. We're, you know, we have our own little committee making sure you're not cheating and having it write your papers for you. On the flip side, they ought to design the curriculum around how to use it, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, wow. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the other spot. part of the skill set they're going to have to learn to do is to uh, make sure that the information that has been been cited is actually correct. Accurate, yep. Uh, and accurate. And, you know, proofreading, right? If you've asked it to write you something, you now have to go through and proofread it. I'm a horrible proofreader. That is a skill I do not possess. <laughs> but 
Um, but man, if you're in school today, you better become a really good proof writer, a proofreader, because you're going to be doing a lot of it through your career, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's obviously there's more and more classes popping up, but, uh, you know, you're kind of giving me some new content ideas of, of creating something <laughs> to use AI, right, in the workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So tagged onto that, at the, I was at a conference recently. I mentioned before I was going to the Experts Conference by Quest. Yep. What a fabulous conference. I just hmm. had a great time there. Um, you know, very technical. Um, and all the talk there was Microsoft Copilot because it happened to hit at the time when Microsoft made their big announcement about it. Yeah. Um, and Copilot isn't one thing. It's many products from Microsoft sort of under the Copilot umbrella. They've got their GitHub Copilot's been out for a while now. And then there's Microsoft 365 Copilot and Security Copilot and Bing Copilot and, you know, all these different aspects. Um, so that was all the chitter chatter at the conference, you know, regardless of what the content was, that was the, that was the, the hallway talk and the the cocktail hour talk and the after party <laughs> talk and you know it was all all about was all about co-pilot and AI and how to yeah. leverage it and what they're gonna do and yeah yeah it was Exciting. everybody's pretty excited about it. So you went you had a, a mastermind event last week. What was yeah. the what what was the what was the hallway talk at your conference? It, it was a little mixed. So there was a little M&A talk. Um, so we had some sessions on that and some discussion. We did certainly talk about AI. Uh, we didn't really go into the Microsoft side, but we talked about uh, AI for sure. And then it, it seemed like the overarching theme across the board was just general marketing of your business. You know, it was uh, those workshops are always, uh, you know, business growth events. So we have a wide variety of, of topics, but there were several uh, sessions that we had around different ways of marketing your business. Uh, one, one of the members <clears throat> used a, an outsourced appointment setting company for a couple of years, and then he ended up deciding to bring it in-house. And he's, he went into all the tools he's using, all the stats, uh, the results that they're getting, which are fantastic. So, um, and then other members reported out, you know, we, one of my favorite sessions, the first day, half the day, the, the whole morning is really the members giving their quarterly updates. We call it the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's like, here's who I am. Here's how I'm different than my competition in the marketplace. Here's what my plan was or what campaigns I'm going to run. Here's what worked and here's what didn't work. And, uh, you know, so those are my favorite because that's where everybody learns so much, you know, of what's working and what's not. And, and most of that, of course, was all different marketing, the different marketing campaigns that they were using. The, the one thing I'll just say, everybody listening, the huge takeaway for me was don't just do one thing. Just don't rely on email marketing. Or if you've got a couple inside salespeople, don't just rely on, on phone work. Uh, you need a diverse marketing with multiple campaigns, you know, from direct mail to telemarketing 
to face-to-face meetings, networking events, uh, email marketing, when you weave all those things, those different ways to touch the client together with the same campaign, that's where people were getting the most most results for sure. So, yeah, I see the same thing. You know, my MSP has been doing networking events for the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. um, and and you know, and I also myself post a lot of stuff on LinkedIn right regularly. Yeah, but what happens is. Um, when you're, when you're running those sort of awareness campaigns is really what they are. Um, people get to know you or they feel like they've gotten to know you. Right. And I, you know, we've always said, um, all business is personal. It's super true in the SMB market space. Um, people like to do business with people they think that they know and that they that they're going to like or that they do like. And so um, as the world gets more automated, yeah. it's actually the it's actually the personal interactions that win the day and win the client, you know, yeah. and, and it um, and it's even it's even the reason why they keep you around as a vendor, too. Mm hmm. Right? You know, they get to know your people, they get to know your business, they they want they want that personal relationship. So I think delivering that in your marketing is crucial, like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. We we always use the the term edutainment. You know, we need to educate, you know, present ourselves as the thought leaders, but also use our personalities to entertain people. Um, mm-hmm. It was funny. I, I got to tell you, Amy, this was hilarious. There were some people at the conference I didn't recognize that just attended my mastermind event. So, of course, I come up and introduce myself. And, and one of them I thought I knew. And it was like, um, John, John, is that you? And he's like, no, I'm I'm Matt. And I'm like, oh, hey, Matt, how did you hear about the conference? And he said he heard it on the SMB community podcast. So uh, uh-huh. sweet. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. He goes, I listen to it all the time. I I love the bantering back and forth, and uh, so anyway, that was that was cool. That was cool. So, if any of you listeners out there, you know, be sure to subscribe to the SMB Community Podcast on on uh, any of the platform of, of your preference, or just go to the SMB Community Podcast dot com website, and you can download uh, any of the archived uh, podcasts that we have up there. We've got we've got tons and tons. And so, tell your friends too. Yeah. You know, get them to get them to subscribe. We wanna if we wanna grow this thing so we can be around for a long time. So the last thing I wanted to really bring up today is just real quick. Um Jay McBain, which if any if anybody listening doesn't know Jay McBain, you need to just go over to LinkedIn and uh you know connect with him there. Yeah. But he ha- he works for a company called uh, Canalis and um, they they generate statistics for for our industry, right? They go out and do the research and they come up with these great graphics and reports. Um, we can't afford the reports because they're not geared for us. They're geared for you know big vendors to get their market information. But the graphics that they produce are so interesting and useful for us. Yeah. Um, and they just did one on the market opportunity in SMB. And um, you know how how important we are as employers, um, and just to the the world markets in general. I mean, it's two. We're going to be up to two trillion in the United States 
you know, alone. Now, when you add the rest of the world to that, it's it's huge, huge numbers, but they break it down into different parts of our industry. So you can find out which parts are growing, which parts aren't growing, um, and, uh, you know, position yourself accordingly, accordingly in the, the growth zones. Yeah, I, I saw that graph as well. That's a, an amazing graph uh, as it relates to SMBs, you know, as a total employer, you know, SMBs as total IT spending. Uh, some, and I'm a numbers person again, as we talked about. I, I love, I love the numbers. And and Jay, <clears throat> Jay's been a celebrity in the industry for a long time. So, like Amy said, if you don't know him or follow him, make sure you at least connect with him on LinkedIn. It's funny. Uh, remember the Harry Brosford events years back, the SMB Nation events. Mm -hmm. uh, that's actually in 2008. Uh, both Jay and I were speaking at that event, and I remember meeting him for the first time. And I think this was way back when he was with Lenovo, uh, if, if memory serves me right. But uh, he was uh, with the manufacturer at that time. But he's a, a great person, great family man, and it uh, it's cool to see what he's been able to do with his career, but uh, certainly a, a thought leader in our industry. All right, let's wrap up the show. Um, I will say tomorrow, and it truly isn't too late, Get yourself over to Chicago, sign up to attend the ITO Compass Conference. It's the 13th and 14th. Uh, I'm going to be speaking there along with a whole bunch of other people. And I've been to this conference before. It was a few years ago. Um, really like it because it's small. And I'm such a big fan of small conferences yeah. uh, because you, you really you get to interact with the speakers. You get to interact with the other people. Um, in a way that just doesn't happen at, at the larger events, right? It's much more much more community focused and um, personal, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I really I really like them. So, you know, I think there'll probably be 75, 100 people there, and um, you know, so get yourself over there, have a good have a good time at that event, learn some stuff, and and look me up too. I love to meet everybody. Yeah. So you can sign up at ITO compass.com. I'll drop the link in the show notes as well. But uh, yeah, there's several great speakers I saw on the lineup there that are, are going to be out there. So join Amy and team at the that ITO compass.com function. All right. It looks like that's a wrap. Thanks, Amy, for uh, leading the charge today and uh, great topics of conversation. I know we've got some cool questions that came in as well for next week. So be sure to tune in next week to the SMB community podcast and go to the website. If you want to, um, if you have a question that you'd like us to discuss on your behalf or comment, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So go to the uh, SMB community podcast.com website and uh, send in your request. Awesome. All right, James, we'll see you next week. All right. Thanks. I will see you soon.